Welcome back to the Almost Shameless Podcast. I am your host, Tanya Ray Fox. Thank you for joining me. I have been waiting all week to finally talk about some post week one football with you. Usually I think I'm going to try to do this a little earlier in the week. It's going to depend on the cadence a week to week when the Patriots play and sort of how the week is progressing. Obviously week one was all about seeing how Mac Jones looked for the Patriots and just how the team around him sort of functioned. And there's a lot to get into there. I have one really major thought from week one that I think carries into week two and the rest of the season. So we will get into that. Of course, the Patriots aren't the only ones playing football. And you know, I love to talk about the league in general, not just in Boston. So we're also in the show going to do three teams that I think are going to look really different in week two than they did in week one. Teams that for whatever reason, maybe didn't show exactly who they are for better or worse in week one. And then we're also going to do the same thing for quarterbacks, three quarterbacks that are going to look different this week, this Sunday and beyond in week two than they did in week one. So a couple little listicles, some fun stuff there to break down with you guys. There is always overreactions after week one, right? Like there's just always, it's, it's really difficult to gauge where every team is at and exactly like what the season is going to look like after one game. But as people who watch and fans and, you know, just people who are passionate about the sport and about the game, it's hard not to get caught up in that. That's kind of like what we watch for. So we're going to do it. You know, we're going to have reactions. We're going to try to break down what we've seen, but some of what we want to talk about in this episode, what I want to deal with is sort of the realities. What are we actually looking at um, that maybe doesn't necessarily come across in scores or stat lines or whatever else? Where are the signs of what this, what these teams actually are, what these quarterbacks actually are, what these defenses actually are, and how is that going to progress over the course of the season? So we're going to start right off with Mac Jones and the Patriots. Hot stuff coming up. Uh, obviously, the Patriots lost a close game to the Dolphins in week one, 17 to 16. It looked a lot like two teams that were like playing each other, which is the most unsurprising thing in the world. It was Brian Flores versus Bill Belichick. It was Tua versus Mac. Obviously, this was going to end up kind of looking like a team playing itself in a mirror, right? And the score reflects that. There wasn't a lot of big playmaking. It really came down to the team who made more mistakes, and that team was the Patriots. And so uncharacteristic of a Bill Belichick team to be the team making more mistakes. A lot of penalties on the offensive line that you don't want to see. The fumbles, four fumbles, two recovered, two turnovers. and. It was a difficult thing to watch in light of the fact that Mac Jones played really mistake-free for the most part. He had a little hiccup on the very first possession, the first snap of the first possession, but otherwise he looked increasingly comfortable over the course of the game. He is clearly a guy who's not going to make unnecessary mistakes in the same way that a lot of rookies do. And I think in the same way we saw uh, from some other rookies in, across the league, but we're going to get into that a little further Really, the biggest takeaway from the game was this is a team that I think ran up on a defense that was playing at a higher level than theirs was. That Damian Harris fumble sort of ended the any momentum the Patriots had to win the game. That was what sealed the deal. And 
These are, those are just ways we are not used to watching the Patriots lose. So you can't put it all on one person, right? It's not all on Damian Harris. It's not all on the run game. It's not all on the defense. I mean, the defense only allowed 17 points. So obviously, you know, they were still doing their job and two is not the most explosive quarterback on the planet, but holding a team to 17 points is pretty good. In a game like that, you'd like to maybe see um, a 13 or 14 points, you know, from the other team in an offense that isn't quite explosive, isn't quite like there yet, but nothing to sneeze at, but there were fundamental things that were that, that were there to be excited about. And it was exciting to see an offense with real tight ends back on the field. Jacoby Myers was as reliable as ever. Great one, a really great catch by Aguilar that I think uh, I would like to see more of that stuff. I do think the potential for Aguilar to stretch that field, if he can get rhythm with Mac Jones, could really change how effective the uh, run game is. Obviously the offensive line, didn't look their best, but Mac Jones sacked just once threw the ball over 30. To, anytime you're throwing the ball over 30 times, late thirties, and you're only sacked once as a rookie in your first game. Okay. I'll take it. Getting Trent Brown healthy and back on the field would be helpful for that. I mean, they, they were without him for the entire game for the most part. So, you know, there were like little bits and pieces you can look around and say like, here's where the little mistakes happened. Um, but at the end of the day, it was still a home game against the dolphins uh, this is a team you don't notoriously play well against on the road. So this is a, this is a big loss. I mean, it's week one, you had to play the dolphins at home and that's, you know, nothing's a must win in week one, but to lose a game like that by one point at home is tough. And, and there's really no excuse for it. Right. It doesn't mean that I'm um, down on the team or whatever. It just, that those are one of those games that you look back on and you think at the end of the season, if they are one game out of the wild card and it was that game, that's tough. Right. So I don't expect this team to continue to make those, um, that amount of mistakes going forward, especially when the quarterback appears to be so proficient at not making those kinds of plays to have it coming from veteran players and from other places. There's just no way Belichick's going to let that continue to happen. Right. So what I really want to talk about as we head into week two and into the rest of the season is exactly what we are getting with Mac Jones, because now we have a full NFL game. He faced a really good NFL defense. This is an NFL defense that forced Patrick Mahomes to throw three interceptions last year um, that made real veteran quarterbacks look mediocre and even bad last year. So for Mac to debut and to be so um, calm, collected, and mistake-free in week one is a really big deal. And what we're seeing here is a quarterback that over the course of training camp, we, we, you know, we started seeing the reports coming out of training camp how composed he was, how sort of like on board he was with being a team leader, a team, like just really studying, really putting his nose to the grindstone, all of that, right? You know, after week one, it's so clear to me that Mac Jones is a quarterback made in Bill Belichick's image. This is the quarterback he always has always wanted. It's the quarterback he had in Tom Brady for a large chunk of their time together. And I'm not comparing Mac to Tom Brady as a player, but just in terms of mentality, a guy that is going to just do their job, not complain, stay quiet with the media, be the ultimate team guy, right? So Mac is the perfect Belichick quarterback because he doesn't have the kind of 
physical skill set, the athleticism, the natural arm of like a Matt Stafford or a Jameis Winston or these other guys who are good pocket quarterbacks, but are really naturally athletic and strong um, in other ways or big, right? He is an average sized guy with an average arm and where he excels is with his timing, his accuracy and his studiousness. This is a guy who, as he goes along into the season and beyond, you can imagine will be the guy who understands what every defense is going to try to do to him. He's not going to get caught off guard. He's not going to make mistakes when the pocket collapses on him. He's going to get the ball out as quickly as possible. All these little things, right? And when you have a player like that, a a cerebral sort of um, game manager player, you don't have to worry about about underutilizing them as athletes. You don't have to worry about all the things you might not be doing to use them to their full potential. Because as a physical athlete, as a rookie, he will get better, obviously. But right now as a rookie, physically, he is limited. So there's this perfect little lane that he knows he has to be in that Belichick loves, which is game manager. Don't lose the game for us. Make the plays we ask you to make. Keep the offense moving. Keep them off the field. And as long as we get ourselves into the red zone, we're going to get a chance to score. It's very, uh, not the most exciting offense to watch, but we know that this is what Belichick and Josh McDaniels like to do. Um, And Mac just fits that perfectly. You know, that's when they drafted him. That's what a lot of people talked about was like, if someone was going to make Mac Jones work early, wouldn't it be a a Belichick and McDaniels type offense where they're not going to miss having this explosive offense they're not going to have to readjust. Like this is what they do and they fit a quarterback into that mold and he is thriving in that situation currently. Um the question is, can a game manager quarterback in Belichick made in Belichick's image take them on a real playoff run and win some playoff games? You guys know how skeptical I am about rookie quarterbacks being able to win playoff games. That hasn't changed, especially considering uh the sort of difficulties the defense seemed to have this week against Tua, who is not a particularly difficult quarterback to defend at this point while you're at home, especially while you're at home, right? So based on everything we saw, Mac is rarely, if ever, going to lose you the game, make the mistakes, game-long mistakes that lead up to a loss, right? The Some of the stuff we saw from early Baker Mayfield, players like that, where it you can look back at the game and say, maybe the game was given away when the quarterback tried to do too much. He's not going to do that. Um, but right now, Mac Jones also isn't going to win you a single-handedly win you a game. And I don't expect any rookie quarterback to do that. So that's not a Mac Jones uh criticism. I don't think, I don't think Trevor Lawrence can do it. We saw, I mean, we saw how bad at points Trevor Lawrence looked in a game against one of the worst teams in the league last week, right? Uh, so Trevor Lawrence ain't doing it. Uh, I think Zach Wilson actually played pretty well for a guy who also had just started his first game in the NFL ever as a rookie, um, week one, I actually thought he played pretty well plays on a crappy team. He ain't winning new games by himself. And so those are really the only two to compare him to this year. And I, and Mac is a more limited athlete than the both of them, but on a better team and clearly has a better grasp 
of how to thrive in the system that he's in. Of those three guys, he should be the guy that's thriving. He's on the Patriots. Bill Belichick is his coach. This isn't the Jaguars. This isn't the Jets. Those are two of those saddest franchises in the NFL. Those quarterbacks should be struggling. Trevor Lawrence is playing for Urban Meyer. (laughs) He's not even an NFL coach yet. He hasn't even figured out the NFL. Of course, Trevor Lawrence is struggling in week one. Of course, Zag Wilson lost. Jets and Jaguars, right? Mac should have looked better than those guys. And he did. Encouraging. But what is their ceiling with Mac this year and maybe beyond? Because here's the thing is, is Mac Alex Smith? Is he a guy who's going to do high teens, low 20s, touchdowns, um, maybe mid 20s now? We're getting, we're getting further up the touchdown numbers as the years go on. Um, single digit, high single digit interceptions, doesn't lose you a game, doesn't win you a game, just make sure you're always in it. Is that going to be what we have in Mac? Uh, In year one, that would be incredible, right? In year one, that's what, that's the best you could ask for from a guy like Mac Jones. We already talked about this. He's not going to be RG3. So if you could get an Alex Smith-like performance out of a rookie quarterback, that's a massive win. That's a big pat on Belichick's back at the end of all of this, right? But does it get you playoff wins? Because the best offensive mind of the last two decades in Andy Reid couldn't get over the hump with Alex Smith. He needed Patrick Mahomes. The question is, if you paired an Alex Smith type player with the defensive genius of Bill Belichick, does that then change the game, right? Andy Reid currently gets away with having subpar defenses because of the offense that he has, because of Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey and Villot. He couldn't get away with that with Alex Smith. You couldn't get away with that in Philly. But can Belichick, can Belichick take a true game manager to a Super Bowl in 2021? We saw a little bit of what he could do with a game manager, young quarterback in the early 2000s. That defense, it was a different story, right? That was defense was a different story. And I think we underrated a little bit how good Tom Brady really was in his second year. He wasn't a rookie, right? He had a year of sitting on the bench and learning in the NFL and everything else. So he wasn't a true rookie, which helps. He was a game manager compared to a Peyton Manning or um, Brett Favre or the other guys at the time who were thriving. But if you look back at a lot of what he was doing, I mean, his arm was further along, in my opinion, than where Max is right now. So Can Belichick take a true rookie game manager to an AFC championship game in 2021 in a conference with the Browns and the Chiefs and the Ravens and the Bills and all of these other teams that have that position locked up and have the rosters that to support them? I just don't think so. It feels like I'm being critical here. And it's like, it's just, it's not, I just, here's the thing, unless the defense, like I said, ends up being elite, this is simply not a team that's going to be able to get over the hump of the elite in the AFC as it's constituted right now. And we saw that in week one, we saw what their limitations are. And yes, there are some limitations with Mac. It's very weird to watch people. I understand that it's so impressive see a rookie quarterback complete 74% of his passes in week one. Plenty of other rookie quarterbacks have had incredible week one or first game and first start in their career performances. 
Um, we talked about this a little bit on Twitter, Blake Bortles among them. There's a lot to be worked out over the course of the season. And there's, and for all we know, Mac will evolve into a bigger play quarterback. They will be able to incorporate the deep pass a little bit more with the guys that they have. I mean, obviously they are limited at wide receiver, but I do still think Aguilar can be that field stretcher for them if they need in certain situations. I do think that Ivan Thiers is going to get the running back room in shape. He was not happy this week. Bet online is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And I am impressed with Max approach to team building. It's not about me. It's about the team. I just, you know, all of that stuff. That's of course, um, you know, I don't go, I don't even know if impress is the right word. That's how he should be. That's how he should be. He's a rookie in charge of an offense and, and largely the face of a team. That's a bunch of veterans. And a lot of those guys have won. They've won things before. You know, you've got Matt Slater and Devin McCourty and Dante Hightower, and you've got guys on this team that know what it is to win. And so he should know it's not all about him and that it's about the team. It's so weird that we do this. We praise these guys for sort of understanding this or espousing this to the media, right? But if they didn't, we'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you, right? Like, you're a rookie, dude. Get it together. So I don't want to give him too much credit for understanding his role. I also don't necessarily always know that egolessness is the virtue we think it should be, especially in Boston. Nothing wrong with a little ego, and I hope he has it. I hope he has a chip on his shoulder. I hope he has a belief that he can be better than anyone in the league, because that's what Tom Brady had, right? It's just about how you let that manifest in the locker room and on the field. And, you know, you're, you don't need to tell the media about it. It's all about the other stuff. Right. So whatever, however, he talks to the media, this is all like Belichick stuff. Again, like this is the quarterback that Belichick, I think always wanted as soon as he knew he wanted to move on from Tom Brady was this young guy who was going to fit right into a mold and just be mature and focused right off the bat. And they have that. Now we have to see whether there's a ceiling to what he does as a rookie with a defense that isn't playing up to their potential with a running game that didn't play up to their potential. Where do we go going forward? If the defense gets to where they should be, gets into top five elite status, if the running game pulls itself together, can, is Mac good enough? Is what they're doing with Mac good enough? I don't know. It was really nice to see what he did in week one. And I think they're going to have a winning season. Absolutely. I think they're going to have a winning season. I don't think they're going to finish the season below 500, but whether or not it's going to be good enough to get them into the playoffs and beyond, that's really hard to say after a week one loss to your division rival at home, right? So just, just to temper some expectations, you have to be realistic 
as excited as we are about Mac, we have to be realistic about the other things that are at play, even if the rest of the team does rise to the occasion, right? Hot stuff coming up. Okay, moving out of New England and into the rest of the NFL. Week one, there's always a few mysteries that happen in week one and some things we have to take with a grain of salt, right? So there are three teams that stand out to me as teams that I think will look a lot different in week two than they did in week one that will kind of either come back down to sort of where they should be or rise to the level of where they should be. And it's important that we start to work this stuff out early in the season so that we have a realistic view of how, of how things are going, right? Like it's basically the reverse of overreacting. We're going to try to level off the overreactions both ways. And the The first team that I think we all agree is going to look a lot different in week two than they did in week one is the Houston Texans. I love Tyrod Taylor. I am so glad he is getting this opportunity. I could not be more happy for him, but this is a team who one of their best players on offense was a, was Danny Amendola who they just signed like three days before this team is put together with scotch tape and staples. It is not, it is just not a real NFL team. Um, What they did to the Jaguars last week says way more about the Jaguars than it does about them. This week they go to Cleveland and I fully expect that game to be an absolute blowout. It's going to be an absolute blowout. Um, Cleveland looked really good against the Chiefs. They had a chance to win that game. Week one, I, you know, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes don't lose in September. This was no different, but the, the Browns are clearly real contenders and Uh, the Texans are going to get absolutely demolished. My only hope is that somehow in the midst of all that, Tyrod is able to still have a decent showing for himself because it's so easy to root for that guy, right? The second team that I think is going to look a lot different in week two than week one is the New Orleans Saints. Listen, I'm all here for the Jameis Sants, the post-LASIK laser show that we're getting from Jameis Winston. And I do believe that Sean Payton has unlocked a lot of what makes Jameis a real weapon. The Saints are always a really good team, but they are not beat the living shit out of the reigning MVP good. And not only do I think that they looked a lot better in week one than they necessarily are, not Jameis himself, but the team overall, they are now going to go travel to a division rival. They're going to play Carolina in Carolina. So things always level off in a divisional game team-wise overall. People don't realize, I feel like people don't always realize how well the NFC South plays each other. Now that's a division where three of those teams have played in the Super Bowl in the last six years. The team that's gone the longest since playing in the Super Bowl is the Saints, right? Panthers in 2015, Falcons in 2017, Bucks last year. Uh, So that division's a little, you know, I understand all those teams have changed a lot over the course of that time, but but it is a, a lot more competitive than people realize. And they do play each other really well. The Panthers are always good for one really difficult game for the Saints. And I think that um, it's going to bring them back to earth a little bit. And so we'll see a little more we'll actually learn more about the team this week. I don't think we learned a ton about the saints last week um, against the Packers. I understand the Packers are really good and it was certainly a statement win, 
But again, like I said about the last game, it seemed a lot more like it was more about the Packers and what the hell is wrong in their locker room and within their organization than it did about um, how good the Saints are and what their ceiling is for the season. I think we're going to find more out about them this week. And the third team I think we're going to learn a lot more about in week two than in week one is the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens play the Chiefs at home in Baltimore. And God, that game in Las Vegas was so weird. It was so wonky. Um, they have dealt with a lot of injuries. And so I genuinely think they just were completely out of rhythm. They were clearly not prepared to play that weird of a game in Las Vegas. That crowd was amazing. Honestly, that was a it was a fun game to watch, but it was also like, I don't think I understand what just happened with either of these teams. I'm not sure. Derek Carr can look like an MVP contender or Jared Goff, just depending on the drive. And there was a lot of that in that game. And the Ravens losing have just lost every running back they have. It's it's a very difficult spot that they're in. You know, they are always built to overcome injuries, but obviously there were some things that threw Lamar Jackson off and he wasn't capable of doing his best in overtime. So I want to see what they were able to do against the Chiefs. Now, I know when you're playing the Chiefs, it's not the game you use to judge a team for the entire season and what they're capable of because, of course, the Chiefs are always going to bring their best, especially in September. The Chiefs are probably going to win that game. But the Ravens play in past seasons when they have been postseason contenders, they play the Chiefs really well. Lamar Jackson, the Lamar Jackson era Ravens play the Patrick Mahomes Chiefs as well as just about any team outside of the AFC West. And I do think that if they're going to get back on track and sort of recover from the massive disappointment um, and blowing that win in Las Vegas, they have to get their feet under them against the Chiefs and not mentally lose the game. They can lose the game on the scoreboard and they likely will, but they have to stay in it mentally. They have to stay in the game. They have to show what they can do defensively. The Browns showed what they could do defensively against Patrick Mahomes last week. Obviously he did the, you know, late third quarter, fourth quarter thing he always does, but it was definitely one of those games where you can see the game planning and the understanding of what to do against Patrick Mahomes. And you're going to want to see that from the Ravens. Again, they've done it in the past. And I think it's really important that they continue to put their best foot forward against the best team in the AFC if they want to keep their chances in their own division because things are really tough right now for them. The Bengals are 1-0, the Steelers are 1-0, and the Browns are probably the best team in their division. So the Ravens go down to 0-2 on the season. It's not going to end their year by any means, but they have to get going really quickly here. They don't have a ton of time early on in the season to wallow in the pity of their injuries and in that bad loss in week one, it's time to get things going. Shall we? Okay, and finally, we're going to kind of stay in the same lane, but we're going to do three quarterbacks that I think are going to look a lot different in week one than they did in week two. And the first quarterback I want to talk about is Josh Allen. Last week, he looked entirely like 2019 Josh Allen again, complete regression. I mean, after this, obviously there was going to be a regression. I think. His season last year was totally insane. There are highs and lows to every quarterback's career. And 2020 is going to remain one of Josh Allen's best seasons for the rest of his career. But do I think he's regressed down to what we saw last week against the Steelers? No, I think the Steelers were a really bad 
matchup. They absolutely, that front line was destroying the Bills offensive line. They had no answer for it. He was completely out of rhythm. Uh, Josh Allen is one of the most rhythm centric quarterbacks in the league. He really does thrive when he is in rhythm, maybe more than anybody because of his arm and his abilities in the pocket and his abilities outside to scramble and make those extra plays. He really has a lot that he can do. And so when he has the momentum to keep it flowing, he's one of the best in the league. And he had just no time to do any of that last week. So do I do Do I think he's going to be 2020 Josh Allen this season? No, I, I don't think he will be 2020 Josh Allen many more times in his career. However, I don't think he's 2019 either. And this week they are playing the Dolphins in Miami. So it's not like I think that they're going to, he's going to be facing an easy defense. He's going to go on the road and he's going to face the Dolphins in Miami. That's tough. Front seven. We just saw them in New England. However, I still think that there's going to be um, a, a move back toward the mean for Josh Allen this week. I think the Bills are going to win that game. I think it's going to be very clear that he can separate himself talent-wise from Tua, and he'll be moving back toward the Josh Allen we expected before the season began. Um, do I think he's going to have a 140 passer rating? No. I think we're going to be getting closer to the Bills we saw nearly make a Super Bowl last year. Yes, this is a Dolphins team that's really good defensively, but they also weren't exactly world changers last week in New England. So I expect the Bills to correct some of their mistakes. They have great coaching. We know what Brian Dable can do. We know what, what Sean McDermott can do. And I just don't see them losing this game this week. And I think a lot of it will be because Josh Allen is back on track. The second quarterback I think is going to look a lot different, but in, a, in another way is Jalen Hurts. I absolutely loved what I saw from Jalen Hurts last week. I think that he has been underrated this entire time, partly because there's a belief there was, it was hard to know what the Eagles were capable of doing, right? They don't have an incredibly impressive roster. They have a brand new coach who no one knows anything about. I mean, Nick Sirianni is a mystery, all things considered, um, just not a ton to go on there. So, and then you have Jalen Hurts, who is just the latest in a long line of Eagles quarterbacks who seem set up to fail. And then there are just is the pure math of if two is a starter in the league and Mac is a starter in the league and Jalen Hurts is a starter in the league, like one of these three Alabama quarterbacks is going to be kind of bad, right? It was just seemed impossible that all three of those quarterbacks would have decent performances as starters in week one. And they all did. And Jalen Hurts was the most impressive of the three. However, this week he is playing the 49ers. This is not an NFC East, you know, rival that's inevitably going to fall apart. The 49ers are a real football team. I think he will take a step back and we'll see a little bit more adversity for him. Um, and I am looking forward to it because I want to learn more about what Jalen Hurts is really capable of um, against some of the best, better teams in the league. And the 49ers are great team to learn that from. They are an NFC team. They are an NFC rival. This is, you know, if the Eagles were somehow to make it to the playoffs, this is a team they could en end up facing. So again, I think we're going to learn a lot about him and I have high hopes for him. He's clearly a smart guy and a good and a leader. And he showed some of that physical talent that people have underrated and underestimated since he's taken over as the team's quarterback. But I would be shocked if we got two performances like that in a row to kick off this season just because he simply doesn't have the supporting cast around him. And this is a this is a roster that is just much better than the Eagles. And the third quarterback that I expected looked a lot different in week two than he did in week one is, of course, Aaron Rodgers. Whatever that was last week, I don't know. Do I think that it has to do with his insane offseason and the fact that he's a total prick who pissed off his entire organization and has made things really awkward? Yeah, of course I do. 
It's just not a coincidence. Of course, there's no way you could act like that all off season and not have it affect the team. And I think the chemistry is completely off. And I think he's off. It was one of the worst starts of his career. I mean, I think people said statistically it was the worst. Uh, this guy won an MVP last year. He's not that bad. Like he's just simply not that bad. We've seen people fall off the cliff, but they don't fall off the cliff like that. We don't see quarterbacks fall off the cliff with that kind of team, with that kind of roster. You know, Matt LaFleur is a good coach. I don't know that he's a, a genius, but he's a good coach. Um, and Aaron Rodgers is a first ballot Hall of Famer, and he's not going to go out like that. I don't care how pissy he is. I don't care how bad things are in the locker room. He's not going to go out like that. Plus, the league has set him up perfectly to have a bounce back week because he plays the Lions at home in Green Bay. His Detroit whipping boys, I think he's absolutely going to destroy them this week. I think he's going to embarrass the Lions once again, as he always does. It's Monday night football and just get back on track. Um, I think that this we're going to look back on this week one game against the Saints as a bit of an anomaly. I do think that the problems that precipitated a loss that bad in week one, a game that bad for Aaron Rodgers are systemic. And I do think they are going to present a problem for the team moving forward in terms of their ability to win playoff games this year or be a real contender this year. That team, you cannot look at a team that played like that in week one and call them a contender. However, they play in the NFC North. The Bears aren't good. The Vikings lost to the Bengals. The Lions certainly aren't good. So this is still a division that they can easily win. And I think in week two, you play at home, Monday night football against the Lions. You have to have a statement game, like a, hey, everything's fine. We're going to be fine game. He could not be set up better. I think he's going to look like Aaron Rodgers again in week two. Okay, that's all the time we have today. I went even longer than I thought I would. That's what happens when I start talking about Mac Jones at the top of the show. I always end up ranting more than I think I'm going to. Thank you guys for joining me. More football. Um, this is this is being recorded on Thursday, so we haven't watched the Thursday night game, but more football has already begun. Let me know what you think about everything this week. The other teams, the other quarterbacks, Mac Jones, Belichick, all of it. Hit me up on Twitter at Tanya Ray Fox, at Shameless TRF, um, on Instagram at Tanya Ray Fox, at Shameless TRF. I'm always looking to chat. My DMs are always open. I try as best I can to respond to people. Um, so if you have a thought or you want to debate or you have, you know, you want to debunk something I said, feel free. Uh, we'll get into it over there in a friendly, polite fashion, as we always try to do. Thank you again for watching. I will check in with you guys after next week, after the Patriots beat the Jets and they get back on track. We'll be able to kind of get the juices flowing again. So talk to you then. Have an awesome weekend. Happy week too. Bye.